All right, everybody, I'm joined by a very special guest on the Ropes Boxing Radio. I'm joined by Hall of Fame boxer Christy Martin. How's it been going today, Christy? Everything is well, you know, considering except that the fact that I lost my phone this morning, and so I'm scrambling, 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 thinking, you're, you know, I'm going to get a call from you, and I, I can't find my phone. So other than that, everything is peachy keen. <laughs> well, I'm glad you found your phone. I'm glad to be talking to you today. And um, I guess I think I should start things off. With a recent uh, announcement, the 2021 Boxing Hall of Fame class has been announced. And as part of that weekend, uh, the ceremony for your Hall of Fame induction from 2020 will come at the same time. Uh, can you just tell the fans a little bit about that boxing weekend that's coming up next year? Yeah, totally excited about um, being inducted into the International Boxing Hall of Fame. It's- um, you know, really a dream come true because back in 1996, I was actually a grand marshal for the Boxing Hall of Fame weekend induction, but clearly at that point, uh, they had no thought of ever inducting a female fighter into the, uh, to the Hall of Fame. So it's kind of, you know, come full circle. And, and now instead of being uh, part of the grand marshal and part of the, um, like, kind of outside uh, looking in, I'll actually be on the inside looking out, and that's going to be awesome. Yeah, now that class in 2020, you got Bernard Hawkins, Shane Mosley, uh, Juan Manuel Marquez, obviously yourself, a heck of a class. But on top of it, you got the 2021 class coming in, Mayweather, Klitschko, Ward, uh, Leila Ali, who you fought. What's it just to be part of such names to be involved in this class of historical fighters? Right. You know, I think it takes a little shine off of being 2020 class. Uh, because there are so many great names going into the 2021, uh, with, with Floyd, of course, is going to be the dominant name. Um, but yeah, it's special. I mean, any time that they call you from Canada, whether it's to come to just be a guest and be part of the induction weekend, or you know that awesome call that I got to actually be inducted, it, it's special. It's special. I was I've been fortunate that I was many many years went as a guest and and just to get to sit there and listen to those legends tell boxing story after boxing story and it's it's something that's been very special and i hope that the younger generation of fighters can realize that it's a special time and take take note of those stories from i was fortunate to sit and listen to will pep carmen basilio gene fulmer those guys archie moore so, you know, of course, these generation need to make sure they're listening to Hagler and Hearns and Sugar Ray Leonard and all those guys just to take in their knowledge and their experiences because it, it's special. It's special to say, wow, I got to spend some time with, with those legends. Yeah. Now, you mentioned before about being the first female boxer elected into Hall of Fame. Also, Luis Riker is also going in with you at the, the same time as the 2020 class. But for female fighters now looking at women boxers, now they have a goal. You know, you said before it was something that wasn't even possible before. What's that like to be the first? Well, I think it's, you know, it's very, it's awesome. And, and, and no matter who comes along afterwards, you know, they're not going to be the first. And, and that's, uh, so that's special. And, and you're right. I mean, as I went through my career, I didn't always have something to look at as, wow, I want to be like that person. I want to get that opportunity. I, I feel like, you know, love me or hate me, doesn't matter. I paved the way. I, I, made, I made it special. I made it easier for um, Clarissa Shields, as arrogant as she may be. Uh, I made it easier for her to come through. 
I made it easier for Katie Taylor. I made it easier for a lot of these female fighters. But before me, Jackie Tonawanda, you know, uh, Barbara Buttrick, there's so many people that came before me, but we have to all be uh, knowledgeable enough to appreciate the ones that knocked down those doors before us. And, mm-hmm. and that's what I feel like that some of these younger, not just the females, but especially the females, but even the guys, they forget about those guys that come before them. And, and if you're really true and love your sport, you have to learn the history. And I, I feel like um, young people in all sports, you know, they forget about paying homage to the ones that came before them. Very true, very true. Uh, let's talk a little bit about your career. And, you know, you rose to fame generally around the mid-'90s, being on the undercut of, you know, Mike Tyson uh, events sometimes actually being more or less the highlight of it. Because I actually remember when I was younger, there was one particular fight where your undercard fight was just like a, a bloodied and, uh, <laughs> you know, it was action-filled. You know, that was part of the excitement, though. You were actually part of those exciting cards. What was that like to be part of those events? Look, to be part of those Don King promoted Mike Tyson fights, it's unbelievable. I mean, I'm from a small town in southern West Virginia. I have like 500 people in my little town. So um, to get to go to fight in Vegas, fight at the MGM Grand, fight in the um, Madison Square Garden in New York. I mean, those things are, are really unbelievable for a woman fighter and from Southern West Virginia. But it, it was, oh, my goodness, overwhelming because, I mean, you, you get in the ring and you start, you know, you kind of take that peak ringside and, and you see, like, you know, all these actors and actresses and singers. I mean, all the people that are so famous are, like, right there at ringside to watch the fight. So it's really awesome. Um, and that, and now I'm doing promotions, and that's what I want to. I want to give that opportunity to some young, hungry, up and coming fighter. Nice, nice. Uh, well, being the fact I brought up Mike Tyson, you recently were scoring his comeback exhibition fight against Roy Jones, and you know, year of 2020, which very unusual things have been happening. Mike Tyson coming back at the age of 54 is one of the more unusual. First, what were your thoughts on Mike Tyson announcing that he was coming back? You know, honestly, as soon as he announced he was coming back, I put, put a call into um, his wife, Kiki, and I'm like, Kiki, I want to be, the, I want to open up the show because I thought it was all really going to be exhibition, a little bit more in fun, and um, I was like, you know, I want to do it. I want to, I want to open up the show, and and she and Mike were both on board, and then I found out it was going to be a little more sanctioned. The commission was going to be involved. I had a stroke. Um, actually back in 2011, and I knew that if the commission is really involved, I can't pass an MRI. So um, I had to pull, you know, I had to pull myself away from that. But, you know, to get the call to say, would you be a celebrity judge? Because there were really not going to be judges at the fight. But it was awesome. I was like, wow, I was excited about it. And I was excited. I mean, I thought that um, Mike looked like he was in, he was in great shape. Um, his body was, you know, you could tell he'd been working out. And, um, you know, he was, he was ex- I think he was excited to be back in the ring. He was excited to talk to the fans and, and um, just to be part of the boxing world again. Well, the fight itself um, surprised some people. Um, Mike, you know, it seemed like he was going out there more looking to fight, and Roy was more or less uh, holding and trying to put on the show. But of all the scorecards, most people identified your scorecard as the most accurate, while the other two scorecards were slightly off. How do you feel about the fight itself and the scoring? Well, my, my initial response to the scoring was, um, Vinny's a, a, a buddy of mine, but I'm like, Vinny, why were you smoking, brother? 
no, no way that there was, it was the way he saw it with Roy winning. And, um, you know, Chad, Chad was probably trying to be more, I don't know, more logistical. I don't know what he was trying to do. I, I just didn't see it that way. And even if you look back at it, um, I can't find rounds to give Roy because he didn't really want to fight. He wanted, he, he's a smart man. He didn't want Tyson to hit him. Um, so I, I still stand by my scorecard and I'm glad that I have read many comments that, that, um, most people seem to agree with my card. So, uh, not that I in any way expect my next career to be as a fight judge. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, in terms of Mike and what you saw, I mean, you know, people get excited when, when they see someone like Mike coming back and the fact he's in good shape, especially for his age. Um, you can get people that are crazy talking about him making a legitimate comeback and fighting God knows who out there. But do you think at 54 he's capable of beating anyone in the top 30 if he were to get that serious about it? Yeah, actually, and you say the top 30? Probably, yeah. Yeah, if he really got serious about it, could he, could he beat um, – Tyson Fury, I don't know. I'm not so sure about that one, but yeah, I think there's some some guys out there that uh, at 54, and if he got back into shape, he would definitely win. Mm. Do you want to see that, or do you think you should keep it on the exhibition scale of things? I, I, I don't want to see it. I, as a promoter, I, I don't even. I won't put guys on my shows that are um, like even 40. There are a lot of guys even out there at 40 that can still get uh, approved by commissions. And I'm not going to say I haven't, but that's like last choice. Um, so there may be one or two that made it onto my show that was 40, 41, but I don't like it. I, I feel like, you know, as a promoter, I don't want to lay my head down at night and think that somebody got hurt on one, of my, on one of my shows. I do believe as you get older, you know, obviously boxing is a dangerous sport, but um, it increases the odds that you're going to get hurt. All right. Well, okay, so let's talk a little bit about that promoting. Um, how did you get into promoting boxing events? Well, I, uh, as I mentioned, I had a stroke in um, 2011 and really was just like, what am I going to do? I mean, the, the stroke was uh, I, like I woke up, I couldn't walk, I couldn't talk, you know, I couldn't see clearly. And um, I'm like, damn, you know, where does this leave me? Uh, so as I re- rehabilitated a little bit, I I thought the only thing I could really do is – is promote. And so I just gradually got into promoting little by little. And now, uh, even though I, I gradually, I say I gradually got into it, my whole thing is if I'm going to do something, I'm going to be the best. So it may take me a little longer to get to the, you know, the Mayweather, the, the get Golden Boy, those things, because I didn't get to start with a pocket full of money. But at some point, I, I hope to be promoting my own champions for, for WBC world title fights, uh, fighting on Showtime and, and um, make a big splash. Well, you have an upcoming event coming on January 30th, uh, 2021 in Myrtle Beach, South Carolina. Can you tell the fans a little bit about who's fighting on that card? Yeah, we're excited about it. Um, January 30th, Myrtle Beach, Crown Reef. It's Crown Reef Beach Resort. And we have, uh, we have a young kid, actually, that I'm going to sign. His name is Victorino Gonzalez. He's going to be fighting on the show. He's from Myrtle Beach. We have um, Shannard Bunch, who's going to be making his, like, fourth appearance on one of my shows. He's a, he's a nice, strong, up-and-coming fighter, 10-1. Um, another local kid, Kyle Harrell from Charlotte, is going to be on. Jeremy Hill, um, Timothy Moten, Javon Campbell, who's one of Mayweather's guys. Um, 
I, I, I just got a call from Tank Davis and his team, and they have a couple people they want to put on. So it, it's gonna be a it's gonna be a loaded card um, from top to bottom. And then we're gonna turn around. February twelfth, we'll be in Orlando. We're kind of the same, you know, the same top quality. Even though it's really, I'm doing club shows and smaller shows, I still try to bring the quality and and even quality matchups. So uh, always do good shows. Anybody that's seen a Christy Mart promotion, um, and they're out there. If you want to watch on YouTube uh, or Pain Boxing TV, they're out there. And I have good shows. Nice. Well, Christy, let's talk a little bit about women's boxing real quickly because you're a pioneer. Not just a little pioneer, but in terms of getting stardom to female boxing. Can you talk a little bit about Clarissa Shields? You mentioned her briefly before. She's a big name now. Um, what are your thoughts on her? Oh, it's a tough one. You know, I get it. And as a fighter, I was sometimes very, very arrogant, very much a jerk sometimes. But I kind of did it with a smile, a laugh. And I felt like that the way that my connection with people, my, the fans felt like they could come talk to me. Like I was just one of them. You know, you could knock on your neighbor's door and it could be me. And, and I think Clarissa's a little bit, you know, a little bit arrogant, a lot arrogant, and um, maybe doesn't appreciate all the opportunities she's getting. She expects them. And this is a, there's a big difference. You know, if you expect people are going to give you these opportunities, that puts you in one place. But if you appreciate, I mean, I appreciated the fact that Showtime put me on regular Showtime, and Showtime put me on pay-per-view, and Don King promoted me, and Mike Tyson supported me. I appreciated all those things. I didn't expect anything. As a fighter, I think she's very beatable. Um, it's just you know, she's not fighting anybody, and, you know, she's at a time where there's maybe not a lot out there that can beat her. Had she been fighting back in the 90s when um, myself, um, Lucia, my wife, Lisa, I, I think she has a different run of it. Mm-hmm. I mean, what do you think about her calling out someone that you face later in your career, Leila Ali? I mean, Leila Ali's in her early 40s right now, but is that her just trying to get a name out there? And realistically, if that were to happen, what do you think goes down to that fight? I, I think she, I mean, she needs somebody. She needs somebody to make her relevant. And so in order to be relevant, she's calling out a name that everybody already knows. But with that being said, I think if Layla actually took the fight, I mean, Layla, come on. Why would she even get back in the ring? She's, you know, I think she has two children. She has cooking shows. She does this. She does that. There's no reason for her to come back to boxing. But if she comes back to boxing, it would be, that would be a very big mistake for Clarissa because Layla will, would come back full force, full focus, and, and basically, as I said to Layla, bust her ass. Hmm. All right. Well, one more question on Clarissa Shields. She also called out, Jake Paul, who fought on the Mike Tyson undercard, is that just to maybe get more attention, or do you think she would legitimately fight a male opponent? See, this is what hurts women's boxing, when there are women that are, are talking about fighting a man. You know, it just hurts women's boxing. It doesn't help women's boxing. And yes, it's clearly, it's her attempt to get um, media and get attention. And so it just shows us she really can't carry her, her own career, much less women's boxing. She has to always be calling out uh, a man or, 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 I mean, when did Layla last fight? 15 years ago? I don't even know when she last fought. So, you know, to beat, beat the people that are right before you that are trying to fight you now. Uh, well, um, Christy, I just have a couple more questions before I let you have on. I want to talk about boxing right now as it sits as a sport. What do you think about the stars we have today? 
Well, actually, I just got an opportunity to meet one of the guys that I think is going to get boxing a great shot in the arm, and that's Jefimo Lopez. I mean, he's exciting. You know, he, he, he talks the talk, but he walks the walk. So I, I'm excited about that. I think that Tank Davis, um, you know, is a little rough around the edges on the outside of the ring, but on the inside, it was a spectacular one-punch knockout he had over Leo Santa Cruz recently. So I, I think we have some, um, you know, we have some young blood out there that that can hopefully uh, re-energize the boxing fans. Um, but in order to really get the people back to boxing, we have to make the best fights, and that's matching the best against the best. That's what the UFC does, and that's why, it, well, that along with the fact that it's just brutal, <laughs> I, mm-hmm. I think there's so many fans that are attracted to the to the MMA world. They fight the best against the best all the time. And you know what? They're not afraid. If they lose, they, they boom, you know, Dana White puts them right back in in another fight. Boxing, everybody's like, oh, my God, if I lose my O, then, you know, basically I'm irrelevant. Well, that's, that, that isn't the way it is. That shouldn't be the way it is. Back in the 70s, you know, those guys, Hagler, Hearns, um, Sugar Ray, they, they, Duran, they all just fought each other. It, it's not like that today. It's If you lose one, it's like you, you hardly, you're, you're hardly relevant anymore. And, and um, actually, Danny Garcia is a great example of, he, he takes fights. If he loses one, he comes right back with another hard fight. So I give him, um, I give him mad props. Uh, well, Christy, one of the, the biggest knees left in boxing today now that Floyd's retired. Believe it or not, it's still actually Manny Pacquiao. He's the biggest sellable name in boxing, even though he's 42. Um, what do you think he's got left at this point? Um, you know, I think yeah, it's going to be interesting to see because at 42, we have to start seeing a decline, and um, I would think. But you're right. I mean, he's still the most sellable name out there. So let's put him in with some, some of these young guns. And if he can continue to beat the young guns, you know, we just keep seeing him. But sooner or later, Father Time catches up with everybody. And um, I'm pretty sure Father Time will catch Manny Pacquiao at some point. But, you know, he, he's, um, he's aligned himself with, um, you know, great promotions and um, able to, to keep selling tickets. And as long as you can sell tickets, promoters are going to put you in the ring. Well, there's two names, Errol Spence and Terrence Crawford, both undefeated. They don't fight each other. How do you see either of them doing with Manny Pacquiao? Um, I just think it's terrible that we're not going to see them fight each other. Hopefully, uh, Heyman and, and Aaron can come to some agreement and, and, and make that fight happen because it, it's cheating the boxing fans if we don't. Um, and and I, think, I think it's a great fight. I mean, it's too bad for Crawford that he really is over there with Aaron. Because there's so many great fights if he if he were with PBC uh, to get into that mix and have the round robin of of all those top you know um, welterweights that that could be fighting right now. Uh, so hopefully, hopefully we see those fighters and and you know then I think Pacquiao becomes less relevant because now we're seeing the new blood. Do you think Pacquiao could beat either? I'm not sure. I think they're they're tough fights and and how do you bet against especially how do you bet against Crawford? I mean that guy just. Just keeps coming, and um, it's like he, he kind of he's already beaten the odds in life, and and it's almost like in, in some ways he has really the truth is, but Crawford has nothing to lose once he gets into the ring. He, he's made it, he's made it through life, so boxing's probably easy for him. Yeah, no, I, I think actually I think they probably both beat Pacquiao. All right, all right. Well, Christy, in closing, is there any message you want to pass along to all your fans and supporters out there? I just um, like to let everyone know that we have January 30th in Marble Beach, but we also are February 12th down in Orlando. 
But bigger and better and the most exciting thing that I have on my uh, plate is April 10th. We're going to be in Vero Beach doing a black tie event, and the proceeds will go to Domestic Violence Awareness and Christie's Champs, as well as the local Domestic Violence Center in Vero Beach. But this is going to be, it's going to be awesome. We're going to, we have like 150 people as all the little, little venue will hold. And, and that has my heart because that's my two, my two passions, meeting to, with boxing and domestic violence coming together. And I, I'm really, really excited. So that's April 10th down in Vero Beach. Awesome. It's great that you're bringing attention to that. And uh, Chrissy, it's been an absolute pleasure. I wish you all the best of luck of uh, your promotional company going forward and all the best in boxing. Thank you so much. All right. Have a good day, Christy. You too.